What is up, everybody? Welcome back to TMT Time and another edition of NF Thursdays. I'm back with my buddy, Michael Gershoni. Today, we are welcoming in a guest for the first time ever on NF Thursdays, a quite uh, well-known guest in the Web3 space. And I'm talking about Mike Scheiman, who's the CEO at NF Heroes. I'm going to call him Shaman or Scheiman. So, Mike, welcome into TMT Time. Thanks. Or you can go with Shaman, which is my handle. It is always confusing in the Web3 space when dealing with real names and handles, but uh, I am happy to be here. So, Shaman, I am staring at a picture of a Basie, which is your board ape. Before I start asking you lots of questions about that, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners a bit so they get a background in your bona fides in Web3? Sure. So, uh, yeah, I, I have been a technology entrepreneur for my career. I started back in 2001 with a, a company called Reactrix that was doing gesture-based projection stuff as digital media inside public venues. That moved on to me starting an agency called Helios Interactive, which was using augmented and virtual reality to create brand experiences in the event space. Uh, we got acquired in 2017. I worked for a very big company called Freeman that's a one of the biggest experiential companies in the world, uh, ran their digital group for a little while, then fell in love with Web3. I onboarded through NBA Top Shot, uh, found some art that I really loved and followed that to the Boring Bananas Company, which was the precursor to NF Heroes, uh, made a few suggestions as to ways they could tweak their website and tweak their marketing to reach a little bit of a broader audience, given my agency background. They asked if I wanted to participate in the project. Eventually, they asked me if I wanted to uh, lead the project and, and become CEO. So uh, we did that. We launched NF Heroes, which is a generative collection of 8,888 heroes and villains. Um, then we launched the NFH Gods, which are actually minting right now, which are uh, a collection of 6,666. And uh, we are off to the races with a community-led collaborative storytelling approach and blazing a trail to Hollywood. All right. So a lot of our listeners don't know what Web3 means or why it's important or you know how it, it's going to impact their lives going forward. So now that we have you here and since you were in at the ground level, what does Web3 mean to you? Web3 is about ownership. So that's ownership of your finances, if you're talking about cryptocurrency, right? It removes the layer of having a bank or having a government potentially interfere with your money. And if you look at places like Ukraine right now, where they lock down the banks and you can't get your money, or you look at Venezuela, out of control inflation, or if you look at trying to cross borders, there are all sorts of layers and third parties and middlemen that are getting in between you and your money. So in the decentralized finance space, it is true ownership. You own it directly. If you have any cryptocurrency, as long as you have a mobile device and the ability to access the internet, you have control over your financial future. In the data space, that kind of Web3 continues. Right now, Facebook owns your data or Google or Apple. Um, you know, you, the famous saying with Facebook is you are not the, the customer, you're the product because they're taking your data and repackaging and selling it to advertisers. Um, in web three, it is ownership of that data on your own. You get 
to control it. You get to decide who gets access to it and you get to decide what you want to do with it. Uh, then you lead down into the digital asset space. And this is where NFTs come in. Um, and this is you own your digital assets and you own the intellectual property rights for your digital assets. So ownership of those things is a little bit different than the models we're seeing right now with, with Netflix and Spotify, which are subscription-based and really you get to access these things, but you don't own them. Uh, in Web3, it is about ownership and the ability to, to have all of the wonderful things that go along with that, which is, you know, the for my ape, which I showed up for the, for the podcast today on, um, it's a little bit of a flex and have some social capital. It's about access to the community because you own that good. It's about having utility surrounding the ownership. I own this thing, so that gets me access to other things. And it's also about being able to enjoy the financial value of ownership and the appreciation of that over time. So that's kind of the long and short of Web3. It might have been a little bit of a long-winded description for you. No, I, it was great. And I appreciate it because it was one of the best. You hit all three pillars, I suppose, of, of yeah. what Web3 is doing. People, people never referred to the, the era that we're sort of coming out of now as Web2, which is the uh, internet where social media sites and search engines own you and own your data and are monetizing you. No one ever referred to it really as Web 2 until Web 3. And so I think that's one of the reasons why people are having a hard time grappling with what it is um, and how to get there. And they also don't understand what decentralization means and how that actually works across you know, a wide network with the various nodes. So let me ask you questions about NFTs in particular, since this is NF Thursdays. I, I noticed you're what shaman forty six forty six. I assume that's your board ape's number. It, it actually isn't. My board ape is six sixty two. The forty six forty six came about because all of the shaman handles were taken, and those are my two lucky <laughs> numbers. So it's a holdover from like fifteen years ago, or whenever I fired up my very first Gmail account. So, so when did you board the board apes yacht club? Yeah, I I had this, I saw them mint and they took a week to mint out. If you can believe that for $200, you had, you had the ability to buy an ape for a week. Um, and I'm like, oh, I, I like that art. That's cool. But I, I'm not spending $200 on a JPEG. That's crazy. And then I watched it kind of grow slowly over the course of May. And, and then I watched it in June and all of a sudden it's two ETH, three ETH, four ETH. And then July comes around, it's five ETH, six ETH, seven ETH. And I'm like, wow, this thing is growing. And I went into the Discord and I really loved what was happening in the community. It was irreverent. It was exciting. It was enthusiastic. And I got in it at the end of July. It was 80th. And I'm like, gosh, I, I just got to suck it up and do it. And it was a crazy amount of money because I had never spent that much, you know, outside of buying a car or a home. There's not a lot of things that you might spend twenty thousand dollars on in, uh, on a whim, especially a you know a monkey JPEG, um, a, a right click save like a, a picture on the on your web browser. Yeah, you totally know, right. And, and it, is it the best investment you've ever made though? Now it has to be. Uh yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it was twenty two thousand dollars at the time, which is created between what they have dropped owners, which is a, a dog and a mutant. And they just dropped ApeCoin um, combined, probably aside from the value of the NFT itself, which is about 100 ETH or, or $300,000 right now, 
they have dropped an additional probably $250,000 worth of value onto it. So yeah, it's a, it's been a crazy ride. I mean, I see posts on, on the internet and I, you know, you, I follow you obviously um, where people are saying I'm paying off my student loans with ApeCoin. Are you, did you hold your ApeCoin or did you sell it? I sold half of it and I sold half of it for taxes because, you know, and, and, and the, Unfortunately, the tax law at the moment is very squishy around NFTs as collectibles and nobody knows if there are securities and there's a lot of reckless projects that are doing all sorts of things that they're going to get in trouble with at some point. Um, but yeah, I, so I'm holding about uh, I'm, I'm holding about half my coin still and just going to long term hold that for uh, for as long as I keep my ape, which is you know, at this point going to be in my will to my children. Yeah. <laughs> the, the thing you didn't mention in terms of the value that it has given to you is that it gives you access um, to, you know, the community of holders, both in mutant apes, dogs, and, you know, anything that Yuga Labs is doing now. What have you made of that access? What have you used that for? What communities have you been joining because you have, the ability to flex on the rest of us that you uh, are an actual <laughs> owner of a board eight. Well, it, it's interesting because I, it, it's, it's funny. There is this like little bit of celebrity status that happens when you enter a small discord with an ape as your PFP uh, and PFP is profile picture. For those of you guys at, at home who may not know the acronym, um, when you show up as an ape, people tend to pay attention, right? It is, wearing a Rolex. It is rolling up in a Ferrari where you get noticed because of it. Uh, specifically, you know, I've certainly been using it with um, Non-Fungible Films is a project that I'm actually on the board of. Uh, and that is uh, a production studio that is bridging Web3 intellectual property into mainstream media and entertainment. Um, so I'm using my ape for some of the uh, elements in NFF. They're actually putting out an ape show, which uh, I think is going to be one of the first uh, uh, theatrical efforts that's going to be made behind Basie, uh, which is exciting. And then, you know, I, I'm looking at other things. Coinbase just the other day offered up uh, $10,000 to license apes for a trilogy that they're putting together that was very interesting because a it's a nice opportunity for apes but b it's a very um legacy licensing agreement and given web3's ethos which truly is ownership and control by the individual that agreement was one of those traditional like we get to license your apes and use it in perpetuity for anything in the universe type of um type of things which you know, is a little bit, um, is a little go, goes against a little bit of the, the thinking in web three right now. Well, the, the other thing is the commercialization of IP rights that are given to owners of, of apes. It goes against what is traditional in terms of brand owners. And so Michael and I are both IP lawyers and we're, we are accustomed to protecting one's brand and one's IP at all costs, you know, with whatever mechanisms, including litigation, and the concept of providing IP rights to individual owners for them to do what they may with is foreign to traditional band, uh, brand owners. So are you 
talking with people outside the Web3 space where there's a tension that you're seeing, like I'm interested in those kinds of conversations that you're having with people about how the differences and how what you're calling individual ownership are actually a positive. Yeah, it, it's a great question. Um, and I, I can tell you that for, for non-fungible heroes, for NF heroes in particular, we have given our owners um, from our collections mutually exclusive rights. So they can do the things that they want. Now we are setting up terms of service though, right? Because there are certain things you don't want your characters involved with if you're going to be taking this out to mainstream media, right? And you guys know this, the vices, the the gambling, the the you know spirits. If you're going after a younger audience, um, yeah, yeah we're, we're, those three things. I mean, Michael and I work with clients in those spaces, um, and we're preparing those types of agreements in terms of services and licensing agreements and code of conduct. And it is an interesting tension on what you want to be done with it to build the community and what you don't. Yeah, it 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 is for us. It's nice because we have you know. The community that we've built with NF Heroes in particular really wants to advance the IP into mainstream. And so that's goal number one. It is not, I want to use this for a political campaign and I can't believe you guys won't let me. It's what is going to be best for the brand. And I think that everybody's pulling in that same direction. I think that if you look at Bored Apes, um, their first licensing ring was actually a little bit of a misstep because they gave ape owners the exclusive rights to their own apes. So Yuga Labs actually doesn't have control over that first 10,000 drop. Now they changed that for mutants and made it mutually exclusive. So their, their terms of service is a little bit different from the two collections that they've, they've dropped. I can tell you that there is definitely some struggle from the Hollywood folks that we've been talking to. Um, for NF Heroes in particular, we're, we, we've actually just signed a representation agreement with, uh, with one of the major agencies. I don't know if it'll be announced. Sorry, I have to be a little cagey about that because... The press releases do any day and and this may go live before that. Um, but I can tell you that between that and the conversations we've had with major studio executives, they're very used to owning that intellectual property, like all of it, um, even with a Netflix or with a Fox or with, you know, name your studio of choice. They do not like the concept of not owning that IP and being able to do what they want with it. No, there's an, there's a lawsuit right now between Quentin Tarantino and Miramax uh, that is on that point. He wants to create NFTs and actually hasn't sold. Quentin Tarantino has of clips from Pulp Fiction and the studio yeah. is saying, no, you can't do that. We own those rights. Yeah. And there's going to be this interesting transition um, from a studio's perspective, because if you're in Web3 and you own the intellectual property rights to your characters, Yes, you could assign them. Yes, you could license them. Yes, you could do other things with them. But is it going to be a barrier? Will will a Netflix say, no, we're not interested unless we can get those things? Or is it going to be something that they embrace and say, you know what, there are other ways to monetize this. There are other approaches. Or, you know, is it going to be something like non-fungible films that's going to come in and disrupt the entire space and say, we want to we, we want to embrace the fact that our users have their own intellectual property rights. We're going to allow them that. And we think we can beat the legacy guys because of it. One thing we're seeing is, you know, the tension between some communities who want to retain their rights and other communities that really push for these CC0 open licenses, the rights belong to the broader community. 
as a CEO of a project, like what type of advice would you give other people? Yeah, it's it, it, that's a great question. So the the Creative Commons route, the, the CC zero, um, is a really interesting one that I think is more for people that purely want to hand over the keys to the community and just say, you guys do whatever you want. Anybody can do anything they want, no limit, right? That's an extreme version of intellectual property rights ownership because it actually doesn't even assign it to the owners of, of the NFTs, right? It assigns it to anybody, like literally anyone out there. So it, once it's in Creative Commons, it, it's out. For us, we've got a hybrid model where we've got a collection, legendary collection of one of ones that will be some main characters in our stories that we're going to keep the rights to so that we can exclusively build stories with them. Um, but the generative collection, our, our owners have rights to, and they can build stories off of those, but they'll also be featured in the story. So the hope is that we can kind of get the best of both worlds. It's a little bit of a straddle play for us. And, you know, you're seeing a lot of different and unique approaches. And I think that it's something that we'll, we'll continue to see. I think if you're starting out in the space, you really have to think about what your end goal is for the project and kind of let that lead you down the, uh, lead you down one of the paths that are available to you. So you, the, it's interesting that you just mentioned that if you're just starting out. So for every board ape or or crypto punks, or you could throw World of Women in there that is successful and has, and has got a file a following. There's projects that you know come up and crash and burn on OpenSea. There's projects that are being investigated as you know wash trades, etc. What is it that you think sets the successful projects apart from some of these other ones that have been unable to get a toehold? I mean, you've got the team behind it. Right. At, at first, there were a lot of college kids in dorm rooms who, you know, and I've, I've used this analogy a couple of times. It's, it's like buying a pet snake. Right. You get a snake and you think it's cool for the first day. And then you're like, that thing's going to live for 20 years. What do I do now? <laughs> my, my kid brought, got, brought home a bearded dragon and it was cool for three days. And then it was, how do I get that thing out of my house? Yes. Yes. And so you, it, I've seen a lot of creators like a weekend. They're like, what do I do now? This community is relentless. Like, oh yeah, you build. Now you build. Like, you gotta get it on Discord. You gotta get on Reddit and you gotta get a following. And then you gotta get a celebrity to buy in, basically. Totally. Yeah. So it, it it'll be very interesting. I think that having an experienced team, having ambitious goals are important because honestly, some of the goals for a project is like, I'm gonna make an augmented reality experience out of this. You're like, okay, that's great, but that's not an endpoint. That's like a that that that's a milestones gimmicky and like if that's what you're building towards, what happens after you get there? Um, so having a having a, a team that has a long-term vision is important. Having a team that knows how to engage a community and having an engaged communities is important. I think I'm getting better at identifying because with all of this, I'm still buying, selling, trading stuff out in the world, even as kind of leading NF heroes and being involved with NFF. Um, you know, it, I still like to be able to identify what I think are high quality projects. Um, the other thing to look at is innovation. And that can be innovation in the way they approach their smart contract. It can be innovation in the way that they're marketing themselves. Um, if they're smart enough to kind of think around corners and, and uh, 
be doing things that are eye-catching and they pass the sniff test from a experienced team and they're dedicated 100% to this, uh, chances are much, much higher that uh, I think you'll find a successful project behind it. With NF Films, because uh, NF Films uses IP or art from a variety of projects, right? Mm-hmm. How are they able to use it within the same film? Is it written in the smart contracts? How are people making the owners, if you will, making royalty payments or are they making royalties? It just seems interesting to me that there has to be a lot of lawyering going on in the background. I'd just be interested to see if you know what what that is and how that's working. Yeah, for the most part, that those agreements are being worked on, right? So at, at the moment, when I see apes being licensed for an ape show, uh, or you know, there the NFF has its own original IP, Oscar Haley and the Great Beyond, in which its holders will have, um, you know, a big part of the collection around a theatrical release surrounding that. Uh, there is they are being very, 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 very careful around how residuals work and how distribution of licensing agreements work because the, and I'm sure you guys have gone over the Howie tests and what makes a security, security yeah. collectible. Yes. <laughs> um, and I've been through that, you know, for, if, for those of you guys listening that don't know that the Howie test is what the SEC uses to determine if you have a security, which can only have, you know, 99 owners and, and, uh, you know, which is why all DAOs have 99 participants, right? <laughs> totally. That and and you know, if you fall into the security space, you're in big, big trouble because somebody is going to come get you. Um, so they are being very careful about how to handle that. I do think that a lot of projects right now are leaning on the fact that what you have collected in your collection is going to be is going to increase in value significantly if the overall intellectual property is successful. Um, And also opening up things like tools for creators to build their own things, release their own comics, create their own strips, whatever that is, um, is important. But I think that it it is going to be a little bit less about direct payments from those efforts and a little bit more about the overall value increasing um, of, of the project. Are you getting traction with NF Heroes in terms of people or people that have minted them, including Gershoni here, um, using them in other spaces or trying to build up a community outside of uh, what you're doing? Yeah, you know, it's funny. We have a lot of active participants and a super loyal uh, base of collectors. They are working pretty much with it. Right now, everybody's drawing within the lines of we're still building the lore of Genesis City and we're still building out the storyline behind Alpha, which is the power, you know, kind of the power that drives uh, everything in the universe. So right now people are certainly building backstories. We actually created a website that lets them create backstories and name their characters and and kind of uh, flex their creative muscles in that way. They haven't gone out and done anything like open up a, a restaurant around the characters yet, like, like the apes are doing like bored um, and hungry yeah, or a, or a rock band or a rap group. I've seen a lot of different things. Totally. No, I mean, we're on the smaller project side, so still early stages for us. We certainly aspire to that. And my hope is that once we do cross over and hit mainstream with a streaming deal, and once we have our, you know, full comic series out that um, mainstream eyeballs will come and see what they can do with this and see kind of the rules of the universe that are set up and, and 
start taking things and going crazy with them. That that certainly is the goal. So a, a question for you because we're we fall we follow the same people. I'm mostly on LinkedIn. I'm on you know some Discords and Twitters and stuff, but on LinkedIn and on my general feeds, it's pretty much all Web three all the time, and I see all the same people. And then I get off and I try and talk to other people or humans or the lawyers that I work with. And it's like, it's, I'm in a different planet. Um, do you, how do you communicate to people about Web3? How do you get them involved? Um, and all, are all your conversations now just Web3 and you're no longer talking with folks in I, another realm, if you will? I just had a chat with my wife about this because I feel like I'm getting a little one-dimensional. Because clearly, I am very passionate about this space. I love this space. I, I think it's the foundation of all of our digital futures. Um, that that kind of exuberance is a little bit infectious, and it does drift into a lot of conversations I have. Most people are curious about it. Um, so I've gotten very good at kind of describing web three in in a couple of minutes to provide a little bit of foundation for conversation but it's really hard because you're right it is a little bit of an echo chamber right i follow all web three people on twitter and they're all rah rah nfts um and i'm dying and by the way if you guys want to have me back and you have an anti-nft person i would love to have a debate with people that are super anti-NFT, whether it's a right-click saver or, or, or people concerned about the environmental impact of, of uh, NFTs, and, you know, or, you know, who think it's a big Ponzi scheme or a fraud because, or there are security issues because there are major security issues. Like all of those things, I would love to have broader debate and public discussion about. Um, but people who are anti-NFTs are super anti-NFTs and they block me. <laughs> or I, I follow a couple of them um, and I actually communicate with one quite a bit um, who is in the art world. And um, I won't give you any indication of who that person is, but I think I could probably get one of these people on TMT time and we should have that debate because I like the way that you framed the discussion in terms of the, the digital future, because I agree with you that I want decentralization. I don't want... Um, people controlling everything. I think the discussion needs to be had um, because we are at a tipping point. We've reached and passed the tipping point of you know, data that they're collecting from us is following us around the internet and following us around outside the internet now uh, around our houses. And decentralization is the way to attack that because going off grid, if you will, or not having a digital life is just not possible anymore. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And uh, honestly, if I, the more I can dive into the audiences that are skeptical, um, as long as they're receptive to like hearing the other side of the argument, I'm very interested in that. And I, I think that, you know, LinkedIn is still a general people don't quite get it. I do a lot of kind of educational posts and content on LinkedIn and I, you know, on, on Twitter, it's more about um, you know, talking about our project or just kind of high level thoughts on, on the space overall. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm dying. It's actually something that we're, we've been working towards at Comic-Con because by the way, the, the most anti, the, the most anti NFT people out there. And you mentioned this, like there's some artists that are super anti NFTs, which is crazy because the opportunity for artists to be paid in perpetuity for their art has never been greater. 
Um, and gamers are against it, which is also crazy because Fortnite sucks up all these microtransactions and they just pay their executives and shareholders. Whereas in PDE gaming, the play to earn gaming, you take those profits that are funneled to other people and you shove them back into the game and let players participate in that. Like those, those types of arguments and, and the type of kind of anti-NFT stuff, um, I really want to address. I just haven't been able to find people on the other side that are willing to <laughs> so tell me when you do you guys can host it on your next podcast i'm in I, I i we will do that i think it's a terrific idea because i am like you i feel like i'm in an echo chamber and my entire feed now is full of people that are, <laughs> are so on it, social media um and i'm like i need to hear the other side i need and we're lawyers so we want to hear all sides i want to hear all sides um and help people find the common ground all right so i, I have a couple more questions about the metaverse, because Michael and I do a lot of speaking to lawyers and in, in health legal groups about the metaverse, because everyone wants their brand to go into the metaverse and people sure. all use it incorrectly. What's the metaverse? Uh, it's one thing. And then people are like, wait, there's more than one. What's Sandbox? What's Decentraland? There's different things. Um, I have been following the exclusible a bit um, because I think it's super interesting. And, and that's like the high end metaverse, if you will. But I did see a post you made a couple of days ago about a metaverse called Omnia, or I may be pronouncing that wrong. So I want to give Omnia, it an opportunity yeah. or Omnia to tell our listeners what that is. Yeah. You know, Omnia is something that we've been helping a little bit behind the scenes. Uh, it is, you know, right now, Sandbox is exactly what the name says it is. It's a sandbox. It's a place to play games. And they all kind of are voxel art based. They look like Minecraft. Decentraland. Snoop Dogg is it like Snoop Dogg is staked out sandbox. That's where he. Well, is. Snoop Dogg has staked out everything in the NFT. Yeah. the guy's everywhere. So, um, but yeah, and and Decentraland is what you would think. It's kind of like a theme park. There are concerts and events happening there. Again, it's blocky characters, and and the reason that Sandbox and Decentraland all look like Minecraft is they count on your computer's processing power. Um, and if you've got an older computer or crappy device or even any laptop, they, they kind of chug. What Omni has done is actually taken a different approach, which is called pixel streaming, which means all the processing happens up in the cloud. Um, and it's just streamed into your browser. So you can get these AAA environments, really gorgeous spaces. They, it's actually funny because they had been a virtual events company hosting events for up to 5,000 people at a time. They've like got a born out of the pandemic type company. Yeah, that, that's it. So it's an award-winning VR gaming company pivoted into virtual events in uh, in pandemic time uh, and doing, you know, huge events and having chat and video chat and all these, you know, mini games, and all these features and functionality. And then they saw this metaverse opportunity. They said, wow, we already have the functionality built out which is very rare in the NFT space, by the way, it's usually somebody comes up with an idea, figures out a way to promote it and you get, you know, 10,000 people spending a few thousand bucks a piece uh, and then they actually have to go build it. Uh, but this one's already built, it's fully functioning and fully featured and it's really a transition from that event space into this really gorgeous virtual environment uh, where they're hoping that people will wanna build businesses because People will have tools to create within their spaces, to adapt their spaces, not only to show them as galleries for their NFTs, but also to rent out their spaces 
for events and uh, host, you know, anything from concerts to corporate events inside of them. So it's intended to allow people to build businesses in the space, not just look around at, at, at NFTs on walls. You know, the metaverse is not, is not a substitute for real life, but if you look at a Zoom meeting where you look at a picture of each other in a, in a tight window versus, you know, having some other way to represent yourself and, and profile pictures could represent a lot of things about yourself and, you know, wandering around a physical space and able to do more interesting things, um, you know, it's more than just sharing a screen. It's more immersive. It's more interesting and unique. I think it's a fun space to set up presentations, um, uh, you know, and interact with people in new ways. Uh, and this space is certainly intended to allow you to do that. That's kind of what it was built around. So yeah, you should definitely take a look at it. It's, it's really beautiful. I, I am. I'm looking at it right now. I'm seeing your ape float around in there, which means, <laughs> have you named your ape? Um, you know what I did and I set up a LinkedIn for him and back, you know, because one of the businesses you see popping up uh, with Tally Labs, which is Jenkins the Valet, and then there's a company called Feature are kind of agencies for NFTs. So if you yeah. own an NFT, you can go to an agency, they can license it for you. Um, which <laughs> they sign clients. We it is. Seven, no, so I, under, under I named, so I, I named him initially something, but then I bought, so I, I bought the, um, uh, the ENS address, which is kind of like a domain name for Ethereum, uh, board to death or board to d.eth because domain names end in ETH. Yeah. So I bought board to death, um, which actually the board API club just released a board to death collection of merch, which is amazing. Uh, but when I used that, everybody, uh, everybody started asking me if my name was Todd because it's B O R E D T O D dot ETH. So they're like, who's board Todd? I'm like, uh-huh. oh, well, that's not really what it's meant to be. It's supposed to be bored to death. So I ended up naming him Bored Todd because I just gave in <laughs> to the masses who didn't. I actually it. like that. I think it's pretty creative. Are you, are you rocking Bored Todd merch? Uh, you know what? I haven't done any specific merch around. No, we uh, at some point, I'm sure I'll put I'll, I'll grab some stickers. And, you know, when you go to in real life events, people hand out stickers of their their apes and things like that. Uh, I've certainly done that for NFH as well. I hung a, uh, a, an old phone around my neck with NFH pictures and, and things on it when I have been to a few events. So that's kind of fun too. I, um, ex- I expect you to rock a, a hoodie with, with board Todd on it next time you join the TMT time. All right. Challenge accepted. All right, man. Well, look, we are way out of time. This has been awesome. We're going to have you back on. I think we're going to set up some kind of debate a uh, polite debate with people with open minds um, with you and someone on the other side. I don't know if we'll go to the, the environmental, you know, gas fees and, and miners are, are harming the environment first. Maybe someone will go with the skeptical web three. What is it? This is just going to end up being more centralization type person. Um, and NFTs are a fad. Maybe we'll get one of those. Yeah. Go and, with tulip mania or beanie baby people. You got them yeah. all. The we gamers, the gamers who are who think NFTs and Web three are ruining, you know, their gaming environment. Maybe one of those folks. Totally fire away. I'd love to have conversations with any of them. I do not have enough of them in my life. All right, Chum, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking the time. Right on. Thanks so much for having me. I'd be happy to come back anytime. You guys need somebody to to ramble on about the wonders of Web three.